Why choose a Sleep Number smart bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number smart bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 smart bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number special edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. On this episode, I talk to Dr. Morgan Anderson, a clinical psychologist and relationship coach, about how to break the cycles of toxicity and have a healthy relationship through the lens of attachment theory. So really just enjoy this season of your life. It's a really special, special season. How can you enjoy it and stop waiting to be happy? A relationship isn't going to make you happy. It's just going to change your life and en- enrich it in certain ways. Um, but it's just a different way of being. That's that's all. Hi, and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. Dr. Morgan, it's so nice to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation. I am too. I am too. You know, I I talk a lot about parenting on this podcast, obviously, and mental health and some other fun topics that we've covered um, over the year or so that it's been on. But my relationship episodes seem to really help a lot of people out there just to make sense of, you know, how they pick their mate, um, you know, or, or partner, how they... Uh, relate to their partner once they have them. Um, I know I'm still asking questions in my own. I've been married for over 10 years and I'm still asking questions to myself of why did I pick this person? Or why do, you know, I think back of previous relationships and think, why are some of the patterns, including my own spouse, um, seem to be repeated over the years and just making sense of all of that. So hopefully you can answer my questions today and, uh, you know, and for anyone else that's listening that has the same questions out there, because you're definitely an expert in this field. Oh, I'm so happy to talk about this. As you know, this is my jam and I nerd out on attachment theory and relationship models and our beliefs about relationships and understanding why we do what we do in relationships. So. I'm ready. All right. Let's dig in. Okay. So let's go back to our families of origin. So let's go back to how we grow up and how that affects the relationships that we pick throughout our lives, you know, from our first, you know, um, relationship, whether it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you know, all the way to, you know, picking our spouse. Um, And then we'll get into some patterns and things like that. So, um, so how does that affect, how does our, uh, our parents and our family of origin affect the people that we pick maybe and uh, affect our attachment with those people? Ooh, I love this question. I feel like we could be here for hours, but I will (laughs) try to give, yeah, I'll give um, as succinct answers I can. So yeah, our parental relationships are our first 
relationships and they are helping us learn what a relationship is. Essentially, it's creating a model for what a relationship is, how we get our needs met. We learn these original ways of being. And as children, it's for survival. We have to maintain our parental relationships out of survival because we can't take care of ourselves. So we learn these ways of being early on um, and it's required for us to survive. And we learn ways to get our needs met and we carry those ways with us into adulthood. And what happens is the things that we learn to survive and the ways that we learn to get our needs met based on our early relationships, those ways of being don't always serve us as we go into our adult relationships and our adult romantic relationships. Um, And of course, the science of understanding how we are in relationships and what we do to get our needs met is attachment theory, right? It's one way of understanding it. Um, And I think we can go all into that, of course, but realizing that connection is survival. We all had to find ways to connect. And I think it's important to just have so much compassion when looking at these things and not really labeling ourselves as, oh, you're avoidantly attached or you're anxiously attached, but just saying, hey, these were strategies that you learned in order to survive and in order to have connection. Absolutely. So that's how I'd start us off, Kim. Yeah. (laughs) It's good. You know, because, well, that's, that goes into my next question of, you know, we learn these, these coping skills, like you said, to survive, you know, these ways of being. Is there a way to have a secure relationship or a secure attachment in our adult relationships if we didn't have that with our own parents? Is is that possible? I love this question so much. I feel like this was the question that started it all for me because like many people in this field, I had a lot of childhood trauma, went through a lot of unhealthy relationships. It was actually a relationship with a narcissist ending is what got me down the path of studying attachment theory, because I wanted to know the answer to that question. Like, is it possible for me? Could this ever happen for me? Um, And I'm happy to say that through my own experience, through research, through the experience of the people I help, it is possible. You absolutely can learn to shift towards a secure attachment style and learn how to spend more time in a securely attached place. And I do believe that that is possible for everyone. And and you and I know that there's probably some researchers that would say differently, but I think more and more we realize that human brains are capable of change and we're capable of of rewiring and we really can have a relationship that's different than what we experienced in childhood. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with you. But here's the million dollar question. How? <laughs> how how do we get there? I mean, how like what would be the first step of someone saying even in their own relationship now, let's say they're they're like myself and they're married for 10 years and and they're still trying to figure things out and say I I don't feel like I'm even in a secure attachment with my own spouse and we've been mm-hmm. together for a decade. 
how does someone get there? What are some steps they can take to start making that change and start creating a more secure attachment in their relationship? I love it. So, and I always want people to know that you can have two people who maybe you have an anxious attachment and avoidant attachment style and you have someone who's been in a marriage and um, it's all on a spectrum. So, so you can have people that are learning how to function well enough to have a healthy relationship and they still might be in that anxious avoidant dynamic. Um, and the question is, how do we change it? I'm going to say individually first, because I think there's additional steps for a couple as a whole to change. But let's just talk about individually, right? Like, that's a big piece is taking ownership. So I'm just going to actually start there. It's just say, there is something I can do. Instead of feeling like it's hopeless, or it's always going to be this way, acknowledging that there is some room for healing, some room for growth, some, you know, learning new ways of being, take ownership, um, for me in the program, the Empower Secure Love program, the first thing we do is help clients with awareness. And this is truly understanding your relationship patterns and cycles. And of course, this includes understanding attachment theory and your own attachment style and learning about where it came from. Because as humans, we're not really good at letting go of our past until we really understand it and we know why and we have an idea of the roots of it. So this is this is why that awareness is so important. Another concept that I love people to understand is repetition compulsion. And this is all from Freud, right? And yep. he came up with this idea that we really do take our unfinished business from our early relationships, typically a, a parent relationship, and we take it into our romantic relationships. And we have this unconscious wish that if I could just have a different outcome with my romantic partner, then it would make up for all of the pain that I experienced in my childhood. And this tends to really, really impact people when they're picking the same kind of partner over and over and over. And they're wondering why they're absolutely devastated when the relationship ends. And it's because that relationship represents all of your wounds, even from childhood, and reaffirming those core beliefs about yourself. So sometimes even just having that awareness and learning how to apply it to your history, it allows you to break the pattern. Wow. Um, yeah. I know I just said a lot there, but that's that's some of where I start with people. That's powerful, though. I mean, and I agree with you. You know, I think a lot of times we go through life, uh, even as trained as you and I are, you know, having a, a doctorate in this field, you know, we have a lot of training, right? But yeah. yet you know, there's still questions out there of, you know, making sense of our, our relationship patterns of even our past and coming to terms with it and accepting, yes, this happened. And, you know, now this is how I'm going to be. And I'm very systemic in my thinking and, you know, in the belief that if one person changes, then the other people in your life are going to have to change as well, because you're going to be different and they have to respond now to a different type of person. So oh, yeah. I definitely think there's value in 
A, the awareness and B, you know, learning about yourself from your childhood and how it all makes sense in order to move forward. Right. Yeah. So, Absolutely. I agree. I agree. So so I know you mentioned this briefly in, in what you were just saying when it comes to um, picking the same relationship over and over again. So for anyone who's listening out there that may not be in a you know long term marriage, maybe they're still single, maybe they're divorced and looking for a new mate or, you know, whatever the case is. Um, what what are some some things that people can look for when they're looking for that new relationship? knowing that they've picked similar people in the past that seem to, you know, keep having that same cycle. Um, How do we break that cycle? And what are some things they can look for in possibly a new partner that is different? How would they even know it's different, you know, until they're in it, right? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, Kim, you asked the best questions. I love these questions. Thank you. So I... I would say anyone who's aware that they're repeating relationship patterns and you know we could do the classic you continue to go after the emotionally unavailable partner and we know that emotional unavailability can look a lot of ways even if it's a substance use problem or someone who's overworking or they live in a different state it's not just being able to give to you emotionally there's so many ways that can show up but Let's say you just keep picking that person. Really what is going to be most helpful to you is learning how to move yourself towards secure attachment. So it's this internal transformation instead of looking for the tips and the tricks and the signs. Because a lot of us in our dating lives, when we've gone through toxic relationships, We've completely cut off the connection from our inner knowing and we've lost self-trust. So that's why the dating game feels so horrible because we're like, well, I have no idea what's going to happen. I I don't trust my gut feelings. I don't trust myself to choose a good partner. And I really, truly believe that if you slow down and you do the work to help yourself move towards secure attachment, You can have an enjoyable dating experience where you trust yourself to be what I call a love scientist. I help all my clients do this. Become the love scientist that's confidently gathering the data and then easily trusting yourself to make the right decisions. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, you I, know, I love being a scientist. I love yeah. trying to figure things out, especially in the Instagram alg- algorithm, right? Oh my gosh, right? Yeah, forever trying changing. trying to figure out life, right? Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, I, I will say just for people who are like, but tell me what to look for. They want to know. Um, You want to look for integrity, people who do what they say they're going to do, people who show genuine interest in you. They, they genuinely want to get to know you. They're holding space for you. Um, I think someone who paces the emotional investment appropriately. So this is not the person who wants to hang out with you 24-7 right off the bat. Um, you know, we talk about the slow burn and secure attachment is sexy. The ability for someone to maintain their life while also building a connection with you. Like those are, those are some of the things that you'd want to look for, but it is just so much easier when you are coming from a securely attached place. I love that. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. Okay, so we've been talking about some some ways that we can... Uh, maybe get unstuck from previous unhealthy relationships and moving forward into finding a secure attachment with a partner. So for anyone who's listening out there that, you know, we're using these terms, secure attachment, you know, um, avoidant, anxious, and so forth. Can you um, just give a quick description of what a secure attachment is? Uh, I think most people might kind of assume they know what it is, but how would you define it? And how would we know if we're even in one? I love this question. So a secure attachment is when you value your needs and you value the needs of a partner and you're not willing to sacrifice your own well-being in order to maintain a relationship. And you're able to say, hey, I can build my life and I can honor myself and what it is I want to do while simultaneously building a healthy, securely attached, close connection with a partner. And, and both of those things can coexist at once. And you can set boundaries. You can express your emotions. You can really love connection and love people and want to be close while also saying, I have to take care of me too. So I know that's a really long definition, but that's how I would define it. I love it. No, I, I think you, you said it perfectly. So let me ask you this how do we get stuck in unhealthy relationships? I mean, is it really our past? Uh, is there something consciously that we can be doing in the moment to be monitoring that as we're, you know, going from date to date and, 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 and so forth? Um, I feel like sometimes I'll speak for myself that sometimes in my previous relationships, I stayed way too long thinking, oh, this person might change or they just have to grow up and mature or whatever the excuse that I, I used at the time. How do we know we're in an unhealthy relationship and how soon should we get out or how, how, how much time should we give that person to see if they mm. are going to mature and change or are they actually going to mature and change or are we just going to be wasting our time and go maybe a couple of years in and realize, shoot, I just wasted, wasted a couple of years of my life. How do we understand that part of relationships? This question is so near and dear to my heart through my own experiences of, you know, intimate partner violence and going through what I went through, which ultimately sparked my journey. Um, and just even friends that I have had that have gone through these relationships. And I want to start out by just saying I have so much compassion for anyone in that scenario. Um, you know, the research on this shows that an abusive relationship can be a little bit like gambling addiction where it's intermittent reinforcement where you have all these lows and then you have those moments of hitting the jackpot and you have intense connection. And what we realize is that we almost become addicted in the same way that someone can become addicted to gambling. So it is incredibly challenging to leave that dynamic. Um, there's a lot of things that make people susceptible 
two toxic or abusive uh, abusive relationships. And that includes really struggling with your self-worth. So um, probably lots of internalized beliefs about not being enough or something's wrong with you. And it probably came from childhood. Um, I think the other thing to acknowledge is that you have things that became normalized based on your childhood. So if someone who's you know, available one day, unavailable the next, or somebody who's withholding affection or someone who puts you down or all of these things. If you experience that in your early relationships, your brain is just saying it's normal and it's just saying it's part of what it is to be in a relationship. So what I want to say right now is that's not normal. And part of the healing work is to start to learn, well, what is a healthy relationship? What would I feel like if I was in a healthy, supportive, securely attached dynamic and just getting crystal clear on what is that? And that's obviously what I help. I I help women do. A lot of people can help with that. But um, sometimes if we've never experienced that before, we just don't know, right? Right. Um, and this is the beauty of secure attachment. It's not that they're more worthy or there's something better with someone who's securely attached. They simply have a model for relationships that's extremely healthy, right? And their standards are such that if they receive poor treatment, they automatically give feedback. And if it's bad enough, they end the relationship. So I think we can all learn from securely attached folks and realize we can hold on to our standards. We can say that we deserve a supportive relationship that navigates conflict in a healthy way and a connected relationship and to not allow ourselves to just get comfortable with maybe what we've experienced in the past. Um, I have something I say all the time, which is your past relationships do not need to determine your present or future relationships. You get to decide what kind of relationship you you want. You really do. Um, so I feel like that could be a whole episode, Kim. But I, I know. Hope, I-, <laughs> I hope that helps, though, a little bit. Yes, it definitely does. I mean, I'm hitting you hard with all with all the big questions. Today, I love it because <laughs> um, I really, I, you know, I I think we're both in this profession because we want to help people. We want to educate people and and help them, um, you know, to have let's say a, a more secure attachment in their life and you know a happier outlook and a like you said a higher self worth and you know all the things. So, um, so let let me ask you this. When it comes to a new relationship, let's say we have been in a previously abusive relationship, or let's say we've had you know other toxic relationships in the past, whether that means with a partner or with our own parents or whatnot, and we're looking to date again. Maybe we're we're single and we haven't found a, a marital partner yet, or maybe we're you know newly divorced and we're trying to get back out and and date someone new. How do we take that first step? Because I know, you know, every time I got out of, a, out of a relationship in the past, I was very timid at first and it was really hard to get back out there. So what advice do you have for those folks out there that are wanting, you know, a connection, wanting a relationship, but they're terrified, terrified because of what's happened in the past, terrified of what's out there and what's new. Obviously, the dating, the dating game has changed completely, you know, when it comes to 
you know, online dating now is such a big thing versus, you know, a decade ago or whatnot, maybe when they were first in a relationship and now it's been a long time and things are just different these days. So what is your advice to get back out there and have a more positive outlook on a future relationship? Mm, Love it so much. So First off, I would say you really want to make sure that you have filled up your cup and that you really have released the past because we don't want to carry our past with us into our dating lives. It just it makes it not fun. You know, you're constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're catastrophizing. You're imagining worst case scenarios. You're on a date and you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, does he have a wife at home? Like you're just in this really negative spiral uh-huh. when you're when you're bringing your past with you. So right. it's very helpful to intentionally release your past. And I, I do want to encourage people, it's okay to take a dating break. It's okay to fill up your cup, to date yourself. I recently met with a client and the thing I told her was, you need to date yourself. You've never done it. You're taking care of everybody else. Please take yourself out on some dates. You want to make sure you always remember a relationship cannot give you anything that you can't give yourself. You have to give it to yourself first. When a relationship comes in, it's simply a multiplier of how you already feel. So if you don't feel loved, if you're feeling really down, you're feeling sad, anxious, et cetera, guess what? A relationship will create more of that for you. So make sure that your foundation is solid and that you really love how you feel. Um, I think that's incredibly important. And then my other advice is, your past dating experiences don't determine your future ones. You could enjoy dating. What if What if you enjoyed it? What if it was fun, right? And one of the ways to do that is to be really boundaried about it and to make it really sustainable. So I'll tell people if you're if you're working on like maintaining your physical fitness, you're not going to go to the gym for four hours a day and then just expect a result. You're just going to show up daily. Maybe it's 20 minutes or or 30 minutes on the apps. Just going to show up daily consistently. Um, And you want to drop your expectations. You have no expectations. Just be open to connection. And I think realizing at our core, anytime we're dating, it's just two humans showing up. And maybe there's going to be something there and maybe there's not. But realizing that to be human is to experience connection. And even if you're just friends, how could you just enjoy that hour with a stranger, being able to know them and and not feel so down if it doesn't go anywhere, right? And just realize, okay, I'm just one step closer. So it's all about mindset for me when I coach people. You have to get in the mindset of rejection is redirection. I'm just getting one step closer. Meanwhile, remembering a relationship won't give you anything you can't give yourself. Date yourself first. Such great advice. I love it. I love it. You know, I think there's just such a stigma sometimes out there about being single single. And there's such so much fear and anxiety that gets provoked of being single and thinking, well, I need to just be in a relationship because there seems to be some sort of um I don't know. The way society yeah. looks at you is just different sometimes when you're single. As a you woman, especially. Right? Yeah. So it, it's hard because you have all of these societal um, feedback that you're getting from 
your friends or from your parents or from whoever yeah. it is. Um, judging if you're in a relationship or not, which makes it even more pressure and harder. And so I just, I love your advice because I think um, it just really puts everything in perspective and, you know, knowing how to prioritize yourself and your life and that the relationship doesn't define you. It's you that defines you and you need to be in a good place in order to have a relationship. So it's, there's just so much to it. And, And you and I know, I mean, there's so many married people out there who are thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I was single or I wish I had that freedom. And I think what I want people to know is being in a relationship is not better than being single in any way. It's simply a different experience and there's there's different things that come up. Um, so really just enjoy this season of your life. It's a really special, special season How can you enjoy it and stop waiting to be happy? A relationship isn't going to make you happy. It's just going to change your life and enrich it in certain ways. Um, But it's just a different way of being. That's that's all. I love it. I love it. So share with us your um, ESL method. Share with us what it is and how people can find you in case they want um, your coaching and more um, help in this direction. Absolutely. So you know, as a clinical psychologist, I started to realize that I wanted to help people specifically with relationships and I wanted to help as many people as possible. And from that, um, the Empowered Secure Love program was born. And the program now has helped right around 400 women. Um, And what it is, is an eight-week framework to help you fully release the past and learn how to embody um, your securely attached self. So there's lots of ways we do that. Some of what we talked about today, but really helping you rewire your brain, learn how to show up securely attached, and everything that you need in terms of dating mindset, relationship tools, just to be able to attract that healthy relationship first with yourself and then with a partner. Um, And we do have spots open Currently, the link to apply is in my Instagram bio. And my Instagram is just Dr. Morgan Coaching. And um, the other place you can find me is the podcast is Let's Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. So Yes, which is very, very popular. I, uh, you know, um, you you have have you how tell tell us how many follower or how many downloads you've had because it's very impressive. <laughs> oh, thanks, Kim. I really appreciate it. You know, like when I started it, I remember saying, "Okay, I'll do this for a year, and then if no one listens, I'll just take it down." Because I had no idea what's going to happen. But um, about two years in, and we are right at that almost 2 million listens right now. So wow. Yeah. Oh, it's so impressive. You have just thank helped you. so many people and that's just um amazing. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. You also have a new book coming out soon. Um oh. right? Tell us about that. I do. That's right. Yes, I have a book coming out. It is called Love Magnet. Get off the dating roller coaster and attract the love you deserve. Um, It's a lot of what we talked about today. And what I like about it, it's very experiential. So you're not just passively reading. There's a lot of exercises. You're really, you're going to do some work if you read this book and in the best way. So um, TBD on the release date, but it should be November or December of 
2022. So wow. So it's going to be soon. So exciting. Well, again, Dr. Morgan, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. And I hope everyone starts, um, you know, following you, getting your help, listening to your podcast and hopefully buying your book so they can get into the best relationship that they can be in. Thank you, Kim. This was so fun. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first. Then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.